0: Welcome everybody to the Uncharted Veterinary Podcast. Guys, I am your host, Dr. Andy Work, Guys, I got a special bonus episode for you today with the one and only Jonathan Wainberg. For those who don't know Jonathan or didn't hear him on a previous episode, he is Senior Vice President for Synchrony, working with teams at care credit and pets best, both Synchrony Solutions. Guys, he's got his finger absolutely on the pulse of what is happening in finance in vet medicine, and that's what we're gonna be talking about today is keeping care affordable. What does the future look like for uh, for pet owners paying for vet medicine? Guys, this is a sprawling conversation. I asked him about where he sees the industry going, Going, where uh, lending is going, uh, things like that. He's he's just he's got a lot of ideas. Uh, I I found it really really interesting. So guys, uh, without further ado, let's get into this episode. And this episode, as a bonus, is brought to you ad free by Care Credit. And now the Uncharted Podcast. And we are back. It's me, Doctor Andy Rourke, and my friend Jonathan Weinberg. How are you? I'm doing great.
1: I'm, uh, I'm just happy to have been invited back to one of your podcasts. I thought for sure on my first one I, I tanked it, but uh, you know, listen, I'll take it. It's the exact exact opposite.
0: No, I appreciate I appreciate you being here. For those who don't know you, you are the senior vice president and general manager at uh, of pets at uh, Synquity, which encompasses Care Credit and uh, pets, Bet, pets Best Pet Insurance. Uh, yeah, so I I wanted to, to have you on today. Uh, to talk to you a little bit about the finances of this profession and sort of the economy in general and and where things are going from from an economic standpoint in our, in our profession. I think that you have an interesting perspective of this because of your involvement with both Care Credit and Pets best. Can you go ahead and start at a high level of when you look at the economy at large, and we're seeing rising inflation and things like that, where do you see our economy going? And then how do you see the economy of veterinary medicine going forward?
1: yeah uh no and 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 thanks for having me and and this topic is so important now, given everything that's going on in the economy, but just the headline news we're we're living this day to day right and and so it is something that uh is important for us to discuss and, and you know I think the last time you had me on, we talked about you know lifetime of care and and all the costs uh, associated with pet well. Listen. Things have changed so much in the in the last six months, and you know, I think it's I think it's I think it's great that we're we're here to talk about that. Quite frankly, I, I think you know financing and financing solutions and flexible uh, means of payment are going to become even more important as people do, unfortunately, struggle with you know some of the changes in the economy, whether it uh, have to do with um, employment uh, issues or. You know interest rate issues with some of the other expenses going up and 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 we need to be prepared for that
0: yeah helping people pay for for care is a problem that's not going to go away if anything it seems it seems to me obvious that that's going to be a, a bigger and bigger part of of what our you know what our what our jobs are going to be. I was thinking recently one of the things that that landed on me was uh, um emergency piemira. On on the weekend, you know, and this was a dog that was that was pretty pretty healthy on Thursday and Friday, and then they're at the vet clinic on Saturday with this emergency procedure. It's a six thousand dollars surgery uh, to to get it done, and I understand the economics of that, and I understand why it costs what it costs. At the same time, you know, as a pet owner, you look around, and you go, man, I don't know a lot of people with six grand laying around that they're like, this is this is not a problem. In the vein of sticker shock, I guess. Is there messaging that you would like to see from a professional level? Should do, should we be doing things to try to make people more aware of financial planning for pets? Because I think that's what, what you and I are ultimately going to end up talking about is um, what is financial planning for pets? And then how do we encourage people who are pet owners who are generally just going about around their lives? They have no idea what medicine costs. Uh, how do we get those guys into that headspace? Yeah, no, I think,
1: and, and, and this is the audience that we need to be talking to because, um, they bear the brunt. This is the first line, right? Your your vet professionals, uh, you know, and, and and listening to this, and, and the people um, that you know have to you know assess the health, but then provide a treatment plan and, and show them. So, a couple things we've done. We we've partnered with uh, with the ABMA on a, on a language uh, study, a language of care, and you know, I have it here in front of me. Can't see it obviously on the, on the podcast, but talks to best practices on on things to say and and and. Words do matter um, yeah. when you are communicating to to uh, to pet parents, right? You know, um, if we think about um, you know a term that we 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 like to use in the industry, preventative. Well, that doesn't resonate so much with our with our pet parents. Something like routine or checkup does much more for that, right? And so it's it's little changes like that to think about. Okay, how do we get people just getting more involved in First part, compliance of care, wellness of care, because we know that just like just like humans, pets, if you provide them the, uh, the standard care are probably going to live a, a longer life and, and a healthier life and a happier life and not have those acute experiences perhaps as much. Right. So try to reduce that when you think about the financing element of it. You know we are um, there, there's language there as well where you know don't avoid the conversation, but talk about it in in the right way. Don't you know address the elephant in the air in, in the room right um, people are so you know we, we've the, the animal bond you know the human animal bond relationship has has grown so strong over the last few decades that. You know, people are 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 willing to spend much more um, for the you know the health of their you know family members or pet family members, and so just preparing them up front is 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 integral. And so you know, it starts when you you know if if if, at the puppy stage, right? And you see some expenses kind of jump up. But talk to them about insurance. Talk to them about care credit and tools that they should have. Because ultimately, as much as we like to plan, there are going to be surprises. Dogs and cats and other companion animals, we don't know exactly what's going to happen, and so we just got to make sure that uh, we're prepared for the unexpected.
0: Yeah, I want you to expand on that a little bit. Talk talk to me about best practices inside the vet clinic that you see. Yeah, I I think
1: it's it's having that open uh, dialogue, right? And and it's not it's not an easy Kind of conversation, but we, you know, we need to shift the way the veterinary teams communicate with their pet owners and, and perceptions about the value and the importance of veterinary care, right? And offering, you know, personalized recommendations, use language that's reassuring, you know, uh, uh, about uh, clients, right? You know, fifty three percent of pet owners want to hear recommendations from their vet owners, right? And they don't want to be blindsided. We we know that that came out of a study that we did. From ABMA, they appreciate it. The veterinarian and the hospital managers and the vet techs—they are the most trusted resource um, for anything to do with your, your your pet, right? And so we need to, you know, work with our vet provider networks and the vet community to be able to, you know, have that open dialogue, talk about, you know, some of the cost that you can expect to spend. So, you know, just so you know, you know, a a first year pet ownership for a cat can range from, you know, about a thousand dollars to twenty five hundred dollars, dogs even more. You know, talk about those different courses of treatments and and what people can expect and and to some degree, you know, put together a plan of care when they're at that young age or even if they then have some sort of acute you know, need and a, and a and a high ticket surprise. You know, that's the ever time to say, well, let's make this just a one time occurrence, so that you're not caught off guard again.
0: Yeah, that that totally makes sense to me. So, signposting early on, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. I'm going to link to the uh, to the Lifetime of Care study that you that you referenced that so you were on last time. We talked yeah. about uh, the forty five thousand dollar cat, and I, I still I think that's such a powerful study, just because you say that forty five thousand dollar cat. And it blows people's minds, and you can say, "Oh no!" Over the life of a, of an animal, especially an animal that has some some health problems, we can we can get up into these extremely high, you know, extremely high numbers.
1: You know, it, it's interesting, and, and and it is, and, and I, I think I, uh, you know, in in one of the you know interviews with one of the. Um Publications we talked about, you know, a dog or you know, fifty five thousand dollars. You say lifetime care of a dog. Someone says that's a very nice car, right? And not not to be crass about it, because you know, I take I take my sure. dog over 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 a fifty five thousand dollar car any day yeah. of the week. Of course, she, she probably can't get me where I need to get to. But when you think about, you know, a, a <laughs> she's a miniature poodle. I can't. Well, she's, she's not going to help yeah. with transportation. Small, yeah, I get yeah. It. No, yeah, no, I don't think so. But, um, but, and, and pretty much now. But she's twelve. I'm, I'm spending more time carrying her, and, and, and uh, than, than she is walking. But um, what I'd say is, you know, I, I think about that example, and it's an interesting example because. I, I then go back to, and, you know, I'd like your point of view on this. I, I go back to, well, you have a $55,000 car. Let, let's just use that as an example. Well, yeah. you got to provide that car with the right amount of maintenance. You don't just, yeah. you know, go to the shop or change the oil, you know, you don't change it. And then when you get an accident, you finally take care of it. No, you have to, throughout that lifetime, provide that care. And I and you know that that is is something that our our you know our industry really tries to work with our, our patients on whatever it is wellness and and routine visits well you know I, you know in this study and we didn't really get into it but I you know part of part of me is like convinced that you know to some degree your pet within some standard deviation, it's gonna cost the same amount. The question is, it's over how many years, right? So your pet is going to live longer if you give them that yeah. good care over the course of that life and they're gonna be happier and healthier and, and, and a better, you know, companion and part of that family. And that's that, that's something that you know really, you know, kind of stuck out to me when I was, you know, looking deeper into the numbers and, and thinking about it with my own experience.
0: Yeah, I I've gone back and forth on this. I, I... I really do think yeah. that we need to start to, to get these numbers. We need to get these numbers out in front of people, right? Like, for them to, how many of our pet owners have the realization of what it costs to have a pet? Like, as the time that they're seeing, you know, a quote for an emergency procedure or something like that, and that's not that's not how we want people to learn. And then I think, I think part of it is, you know, I'm not Callous. I, I believe in the human animal bond and, and 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 you see that the health benefits and the wellness mental, uh, benefits of, of having pets and things we, we need to figure out ways to, to make this affordable so that so that people will continue to have pets and they're not a luxury um and it's just, but it, it's it's always that it's always that balance
1: you're absolutely right you know just you know having these numbers of the study in front of me right you know 38 percent of cat owners thought they were ready for a pet expense but they weren't right and so if you think about that you know that's sixty <laughs> percent basically uh, you know 62 percent you know uh, didn't right and that's 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 a big big number and it's it's, it's not dissimilar in, in in the in in the canine space right and so uh, we got to keep banging this drum because, um, you know, the more we talk about it, the more people are going to be prepared and the more they'll be more proactive because the last thing you want to do is, is have to, you know, when you're dealing with the stress of, of an emergency of your, of your, of your, uh, you know, your, your family dog, your family cat, even, even in the equine space, the last thing you want to be thinking about is, is making a choice between, you know, cost or care, right? You want to be prepared right. up front for that. And that's where, you know, being educated and educating your, uh, your, your pet parent clients in the, in the veterinary industry is so critical.
0: Yeah. I, you know, I, am not surprised by the, by the, by by that number as far as a uh, number of people who think that they're that they're prepared and then they're not i i really think that there's a perception problem about about veterinary care and what it costs i think people have got it anchored in their mind uh you know from t- cost from 20 years ago and i go man there's there's been significant changes in where we are so i, I see pet owners all the time that seem to be just caught by that i guess that, that goes back to my earlier question when i talked about setting expectations and things it's just something i kind of think about I, I think people don't get they don't get frustrated as much about um things that they're not surprised by as they do when they're caught off guard meaning you know what they expect to pay if they expect to pay what it costs they're generally okay and it's a frustration and a challenge but we don't get the emotion is when they expect to pay much less than what it turns out to be and now they say i'm wildly unprepared and and also you know i think all of us have had this problem of um when pet owners feel like they don't have any options, they don't know how they're going to pay for this, suddenly it becomes a much more dire and emotional situation. And so I, I think that that's sort of where I was going earlier on when I was saying, how do we how do we normalize this? So let me let me sort of circle back around to that and just sort of say, how, how do we how do we normalize financial planning or even uh, or even borrowing borrowing money for care as like, hey, you know, this is a thing that happens. I think a lot of people are still surprised that there are companies like Care Credit that exist for this purpose. Um, h- how do we let people know about that a- ahead of time and make that sort of a more normal co- part of the conversation?
1: Yeah, you know, we, we've tried to make it as easy as possible, right? Um, we're, we're accepting in about 85% of the uh, vet practices in the U.S., right? And so it, it's been around a long time. credit has been through all the cycles. It, it's something that is trust, and we have an incredible amount of network with millions of of, of cardholders uh, just in the veterinary space. I I think um, you know we 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 believe that you know in, in when when someone gets a puppy or 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 uh, adopts you know a, a rescue you know they should be presented with options of insurance right for us pets best or you know and as well as 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 finance right and um, I think. You're you're spot on about expectations and surprises and 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 and, and, and being scared off by stuff. So it, it's so important to to talk about this upfront to get people to enroll. So you know, it, it's it's a great you know. It, it's a great tool. It works, you know, and, and the great thing about Care Credit is it doesn't only work in, in the veterinarian channel, it works in other areas, right? So a lot of people actually have the Care Credit card in their pocket, but may not know that it's accepted in that vet practice because maybe they took it out for their kids' orthodontistry or if yeah. they had like a laser surgery on their eyes. And, and that card has that interflexibility. And, and the great thing about Care Credit is that uh, uh, unlike a lot of these, you know, buy now pay later products it's something that you could reuse it's a de- dedicated line of credit you know this is a you know we're a regulated bank we have all the reserves you know that we're here we've been in the industry for 27 years you know that you have that support so by us having both pets best and care credit you have different choices on how you can manage and prepare for those decisions but ultimately the thing i also want to want to point out because i know we got a lot of you know um, vet professionals, you know, in in, in your audience. Uh, I think that's our our main target audience in in this in this in this forum. Is it's also good business for uh, for the practice, right? You don't want to be taking on debts. So your job, and thank God, it is your your job. And we're so uh, lucky to have a an industry where people are so passionate about caring for our animals and and all the. You know the trials and tribulations that that go with that, but you know your job is not to be a bank. Your job is not to be a, a financing solution, and and it's you don't want to have receivables from clients because imagine how much harder that conversation right. is if they owe you money. How much harder it is for your cash flow and for your practices' financials if you're not getting that money. Whereas if Care Credit has it, you get it within those in, in, in that short amount of time. You don't have to damage or have those tough conversations with your clients on bad debts and stuff like that, that's, you know, we don't like to have those conversations either, but that is our job. We ultimately, uh, if, if it comes to that, which we hope it isn't, but then we also have, you know, programs and and practices to help people that, you know, perhaps could manage that in in, in a more efficient way. So I really want you to, you know, I, I think that's also super important for people to think through as we go through a, a more, you know, challenging economic period it's not just the owner the or the pet parent it's also the practice and you and and all of you uh in the profession need to make sure that you're taking care of yourself as well and this is one easy way to do it because you know i, I come from a family of doctors i could say this right i I'm, i've been blessed to have people in my family that are so passionate you know in in, in and it's in human health but passionate about their clients but You know, you you talk to them about the business part of that element, and. Thankfully, to some degree, it's a secondary part because we need them focusing on, on, on the, on the yeah. clinical part, and you shouldn't have that be a worry.
0: Well, the, the optics of vets shaking people down for, for debt is, is awful. I mean, it just it does not look good. It doesn't feel good. In, in a world of social media where people are, can, can see your practice and your, your practice brand is out there and, and, y- and you want people to buy and entrust you, it's just, it looks awful and it feels awful for us to be like, hey, where's that money? that you owe us like it just you don't want any you don't want any part of this and so that's a big part of it the other part of it for me is is staying in that optics vein and we look at social media and 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 sort of the way of the world these days you know I think if we're going to continue to be a trusted resource and to be able to to stand out there and say, hey, we we care about your pets and we value your pets, we've we've got to continue to find ways to make care accessible and at least to give people options. So we say, hey, we're trying our best. We're giving we're giving people options on how they can make this possible. We we just don't want to have the image of people who say, yeah, we love your pets uh, like family you owe us this money and, and you better come up with a, with cash in hand. Like that's, that's just, that's not who we are. And and none of us want it. And so I look a lot at at that and say, I I don't, I don't want that in our future.
1: No, no. And, 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 you know, as that lifetime of care study showed and our AVMA study that, that we partnered with the AVMA with the veterinarian and the the staff and the veterinarians are the most trusted resource. And that relationship is everything. And you you don't want anything coming in between that. That it's great, you know. Obviously, that you that you know we're fortunate to have those those uh, you know those in the profession that are so um, dedicated to the space. But if there's something that you know can take away from any you know tension in that relationship, and and we know that finance is not an easy conversation to have, but doing it you know early and and then putting the I would say the burden, right? Because it's our it's our job, but a, at least removing that burden from you on that on that sort of financing and and receivable side to to a company that you know specializes in it is makes sense, right? And it, it's almost you know, in my opinion, not not worth uh, the while to get into it. And and it, there's just too much you know receivables in 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 that space. Um, that that it, it's just it's it's almost um, you know self inflicted pain. I, I I hate to say it.
0: <laughs> yeah. No. I get that. When you look into your crystal ball, Jonathan, you look ahead five years. What's patient care finance look like? What's What's different in five years than it is today? Are you predicting significant increase increase the number of people who are who have pet insurance? Um, are you know are there different financial products that we're not seeing yet, or we're just starting to see? Help me see the future of this.
1: Yeah, I think. Listen, I think. Pet insurance penetration is going to increase in the U.S. Right, we're we're about three percent now in in the U.S., but that's still very small, right? You know, the, it, it's it, it's it's is it going to get to the levels where in the U.K. it's twenty five percent, and in and in, in parts of you know a continent even higher, European continent even higher? No, I don't think so because I think there's cultural major cultural differences between the Insurance experience, not necessarily pet insurance, but just general insurance experience in the U.S. versus Europe, and and socialized medicine and stuff like that, and and you know, I know in in, in Sweden there's certain um, pet kind of responsibilities that the government puts on as, as a pet owner that you know makes insurance yeah. something that's that's a lot stickier, um, making it uh, claims uh, automation so you're making it quicker, making it easier for medical records uh, to be uh, uploaded. I think. You know the other the other part of that is you know the app experience and the online experience you know very digitally native which you know we know in our industry and it, it is probably not where we stand out as being the most technologically advanced in our practice management systems and so on. So working together with some of those partners to make that easier, you know uh, I, I do also see you know I don't think credit's going away. I think there's a place for both. And and what I'm you know what I'm thinking is I think there's going to be a place where those two products work even more closely together, right? And, and how uh, you can reduce the, the out-of-pocket experience in the short term while you're waiting to be reimbursed or, or even quicker reimbursement, uh, even at the you know, time of care is, are, are things that, hey, how do we go and operationalize that and commercialize that is something that, that's very important. So it's going to play a bigger, bigger role. And so these financial tools are, are going to continue to be prevalent.
0: Yeah, that's, that's. You you got me thinking about what's possible. That's that's interesting. That's what I wanted. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead in the show notes, I, guys. I'm going to link to the Pet Lifetime of Care study that we referenced a couple times. I'm going to link to the uh, AVMA Care Credit Collaboration, the Language of Care, uh, which has got some really interesting things about about setting expectations and talking to pet owners uh, about finance and money, which which I like a lot. Jonathan, for people who want more information, they're like, hey, I want to get, I want to, I want to understand third party payments more. I want to understand uh, Pets Best uh, pet insurance. W- where what? Re- sources uh do you like for them
1: of course you know i'd say carecred.com is is, is a great place uh to start you'll see there's a, a toggle that you could either choose as a as a patient or as a provider right and then there's there's sub sites on um the industry so obviously click on on the veterinarian space you can also find a link there to pets best but you can go to PetsBest.com directly um, also to uh, to to look more into you know insurance and and how that works you know what what i can tell you is that you know people that have care credit and people that have pets best we know for a fact that they have a better compliance of care for their pets than than those that don't and so it is an important thing out there we all have the same goal right we all have we're all aligned here in in a making sure that uh, you know your clients and your and your patients um, have that compliance of care and the best care and the best of lifetime that they can. We want to help provide on the financial side that flexibility and that um, safety net that can enable them to do that. And so it all comes up back to you know preparation, um, communication, and just you know that relationship that you guys have uh is is our is our is our strongest uh is our strongest resource
0: yeah no that 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 totally makes sense jonathan thank you so much for being here guys i'll put links to the show notes for all these things uh down below take care of yourselves everybody we'll talk to you soon And that's it, guys. That's what I got for you. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got something out of it. Thanks to Jonathan for being here with us. Guys, I always enjoy these high-level conversations sort of uh, predicting the future and looking at trends inside the industry. Uh, If you do, stick around. We're back every week. Come check out uh, some more episodes. This is a Monday episode. Have another Uncharted Vet episode with the one and only practice management goddess, Stephanie Goss, coming out on Wednesday. I'd love to see you there. Take care, everybody. Talk to you later. Bye.